Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. Thank you, wonderful praise team. The Lord will help me for the next few moments. I want to speak on the favor of another. Learning how to walk in the favor of God. The Holy Spirit has uh, dealt with me this week about his favor. While we were preparing for the marriage weekend, God had me side, sideways. He had me tossing and turning. He had me really deeping, deepening into his word on favor. And I have preached so many messages on favor. I have preached series. I've taught series. I've, I've just favor has been a topic that I felt God has given me revelation on in the times past. But one of the things that I have learning is that how to walk in favor is one of the most important, important discoveries that you will ever make in your life to learn how to walk in the favor. And sometimes it just takes one moment of divine favor. To change your life forever. In Genesis chapter 39, I don't have time to backtrack the story. I will rely on you knowing part of this story from memory. But the Bible teaches us in verse 1, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. What is it like to be sold into slavery? And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight. And what did he do with the favor? He served him. He served another. With the favor. He served another with the favor that was upon him. And then, everyone say then. Then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had put under his authority. For the next few moments, believe with me, Father, that favor will rest upon your people. That revelation will roll into our being, to every cell within us, to every molecule. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Do a work in me, Lord, that you may do a work through me. Establish me. And the church will say amen. You may be seated today. The Bible teaches us that in verse 4, Joseph found favor. Is that what the word said? That he found favor. He found favor in the sight of another. The other was Potiphar. Who was Potiphar? He was an officer of Pharaoh. So Joseph, an Israelite, 
a Hebrew, is sold and transacted with a bill of sale and taken into Potiphar's house and becomes the property of someone else. Life has been unfair to Joseph up to this point. And he is sold into slavery where while he's there, God was with him. That tells me that even in your worst environment, God can still be with you. Somebody here today in your worst environment, going through the worst trial of your life. And God said, I'm with you. And not only was God with him, the Bible said that he had success. <laughs> and they were so impressed with him that Potiphar put him in charge of his whole house and everything that was under his authority. So he had found favor in the sight of another. And today I want to focus on what it means to have favor in, a, in your life and where does that favor come from. I've preached entire series about the subject of favor. I've witnessed firsthand favor in my own life. I've seen favor in many of your lives. I've witnessed it firsthand in many people's life. I have been a recipient of favor. I have also been a dispenser of favor. And I want to give you a working definition of what favor is for those of you that would journal this. That favor is the mysterious desire that someone possesses to participate in your future and to help you succeed. That when you are ignited with favor or favor is extended to you, it is someone's desire to bless you where you cannot bless yourself. Someone to open a door for you that you could not unlock yourself. But the question is that when the favor comes in your life, can God trust you with the favor you prayed for? You've been praying and asking God to open doors, but can he trust you when the door opens? Can he trust you when the opportunity is presented to you? Can he trust you with the favor that you prayed for? Because if you have bitterness and if you have guilt in your heart, they will sabotage the very thing that you are praying to receive. When you can be consistent when nobody is looking in the process of time while you are walking in the favor of God, then God will bless you because the favor is responsive to your character. Do you have the character to handle the favor that God wants to release in your life? Just say, say out loud, this is my word for me today. Favor will always respond to character. Now, I want you to write three things down today and for sure, maybe some more. But the first point I want to give you is the prerequisite of favor. Many times when people ask you, how you doing? We'll say, I'm blessed, too blessed to be stressed. We'll say, I'm doing okay. Somebody say, how you doing, pastor? I'm blessed and highly favored and very attractive to God. 
And we have all of these little phrases that we picked up in church, church and ease, that we speak Christianese. And we tell these little things that only the church saints really understand what we're talking about. But when someone asks you how you're doing and the response is many times I'm blessed and highly favored. And I was thinking when the Lord was speaking to me about this subject that I wanted to stress that everyone is not blessed and highly favored. Now hold on. Everybody is not blessed and highly favored. Because if everybody was blessed and highly favored, then favor would just be normal. And if it's normal, how is that favor? Are you here? If everybody's exceptional, then exceptional becomes normal. And if it's normal, it ceases to be exceptional. The truth of the matter is that some of us have been chosen to walk in levels of favor that other people are destined to follow in. Stay with me. If you were meant to shift something, if you were meant to provoke a change, if you were born to provoke a change, then God will favor your assignment and put his blessing on your assignment. Everybody can't walk in your favor. Everyone can't walk in that favor. Somebody has to follow that favor. The reason that I felt God expressing this today is that he wanted to reveal that there is a favor of another. Every one of us have a level of favor, but there are certain assignments that other people are called to that open a door for you. So it's not your favor, but it's the favor of another. And you, because of their obedience, will walk into favor where they said yes to God in. Everybody wants to be favored. And here's the problem with that. That's why we've got churches on every corner. Because everybody wants to be the chief. Talk to me, somebody. Everybody wants to have the big seat up front. And not many want to follow. Uh. But I want you to write this down. It is just as good to walk in somebody else's favor as it is to be favored. It is just as good to walk in someone else's favor than it is to be favored. I don't have to be Noah. I'll just be one of Noah's sons. They might not talk about me much in the Bible, but I didn't drown with the rest of them. Because I followed the favor of somebody else. Anybody going to help me right here? Come on. Favor, you are either meant to be favored or to follow someone a favor. Because if you follow someone in favor, you get blessed just because of their favor. Ruth didn't have nothing when she got to Bethlehem until... 
she hooked up with Boaz. And when she got up under his tent, all the blessings of Boaz came up on her. Just because she was now the wife of Boaz. She ended up owning the field that she used to work in because she followed in someone else's favor. So it's not about big eyes and it's not about little use. It's really about a divine purpose where God sets you up in favor to follow another or to walk in the favor to help another. And I want to give you tonight or today the prerequisite of favor because I understand that those of you that were born to shift something, some of you in this room were born to shift something, to shift something in the atmosphere to shift something in the culture, to shift something for your generation, to shift something for your family seed line. You were called and born to shift something. Something is coming out of you. And those of you that were born to create, you were born to create a door that would open so wide that other people would run through the door after seeing the vision that God gave you. Their own dream would come to pass. Their own joy would be fulfilled and for this God gave you favor and for this God gave you blessing it doesn't mean that you're better than your brothers it doesn't mean that you are better than your sister but for his plan in your life he has gifted you with a level of favor that makes you effective to do something that other people might not be effective at Write this down, favor makes you effective. It'll drive some people crazy. They got all kinds of doctorates. They got all kinds of degrees. Masters in theology and divinity. Can speak Greek and can speak Hebrew but can't understand how my little country self can sit here in this church without having to go on to the same school they went to because they've gone to everybody's school, gone to everybody's conference, gone to everybody's uh, uh, internet course. But here's what I've found out in my spirit. Learning doesn't create more burning. Learning doesn't create more burning in you. I'm going to say that again because learning doesn't create more burning. If you got the burning, then the learning will help you. But the learning won't burn for you. If you're burning before you went to school, you will burn after you come out of school. If you didn't burn before you went to school, you won't burn when you come out of school. Learning can't create burning. Come on, somebody. God wants you to know I put a favor on you. I put my divine blessing upon you. And I called you when people disqualified you. I told you to step up and step out and be about my business. Not because you met their 
their requirement, but because you met my requirement. I want somebody to know he put a fire in you. He put a word in you, and he shut up in you like Jeremiah, who said his word was in me, and I couldn't stop speaking his name. I wish I had about 23 people who would give God a crazy praise. Tell your neighbor, I'm favored. I'm favored in the Lord. I want you to think of favor like God's investment in a trust fund. Jot this down somewhere. Think of favor like God's investment in a trust fund. If God were to invest in a trust fund, the money he invested in the fund is only safe if trust is there. The money that God puts in the trust fund is only safe if the trust is there. That's why they call it a trust fund. And the more I trust the fund, the more I invest in the fund. So what I want you to understand is that favored people, think of favored people like you think of a trust fund. It simply means that there's something about you that God can trust. This is the prerequisite of favor. God has to be able to trust you. Why did God pick Joseph above all his brothers? He wasn't the firstborn. He wasn't the only born. He might not have even been the best looking born. I don't know. I didn't see him. But God did not pick him on the criteria that people pick. This might help you in who you pick. God picks people that he can trust. God trusted Joseph. That's why he favored Joseph. He knew that Joseph would not get so bitter that he would seek revenge. He trusted Joseph. He will not get bitter and seek revenge by what people will do to him. And the Lord sent me to ask you, can God trust you with the favor that you prayed for and that you asked him for? God is not going to give you favor, the favor you have because you're smart or because you're cute or because you want it. He's going to give you favor because he can trust you 
not to be a selfish person. He needs to trust you that your heart is big enough, that your heart is large enough because trust funds are not like savings accounts. If you set up a trust fund, it is always for a cause. God can trust some of you because you understand the cause, but God can't trust others of us because if he gave us too much, we would think it belonged to us, that the gift was ours, that it was all for us. Oh, I wish I could talk about this because the Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 25 that the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That means that God will always give to giving people. God will always bless blessing people. God will always give to giving people because he can trust you. He will give you things that are not even for you because he knows you're going to release it out of your hand and put it in the hand of somebody else. If you want favor on your life, God's got to be able to trust you with what he puts in you and when he gives it to you, you will hear the voice of the Lord and God will say, this is not yours. It belongs to someone else. Now, how do we get the prerequisite in that? Because it's a heart matter. It's a motivation. Some of us are good people, but we cannot be trusted to be generous. Because every time we get a little something, we think it's ours. Woo! And we pray for favor, and we spin around, and we throw money down on the altar, and we dance, and we get slain in the spirit for favor, and we have a little oily cross dabbed on our head, but we never see favor because God doesn't trust us enough to invest it in us because he's seen what we did with the power. Let me tell you who God gives favor to. It's not those people that are stingy. It's not criticizers. And let me just broadcast this There is no such thing as a spiritual gift by being snarky. Criticisms. Critical. That's not a spiritual gift. You're not assigned to go to a church so you could criticize everybody. That is the devil's work. But God gives favor to people who see the good in everything. He gives favor to people that don't have resentment in them and, and don't allow pain and bitterness to remain in them. And he knows that if somebody does them wrong, that they will not seek to get even and try to hurt other people. But when push comes to shove, these people always find themselves doing the right thing. And it's not always easy to do the right thing. Sometimes it is hard 
to do the right thing because sometimes you get tired of people who walk all over you and take advantage of you and your good nature. But that is why God is going to bless you because he can trust you even when people hurt you. You will rise above your feelings and you will do what's right every time no matter how you feel. If I'm talking to you, then give God 10 seconds of praise and say, that's me. There's a prerequisite for your favor, that you will do the right thing, that God will trust you, that you won't seek revenge on people. You will be a conduit of blessing. And the number two I want to share is the pragmatism of favor. What does it mean to talk about pragmatism? How do you turn your favor into something that is practical? Something that adds value to your life? In other words, how do I use my favor for service? I've actually met people who are favored, but they don't serve with favor. They want the favor to lead but they're not faithful. (laughs) They want favor to stand out. They want favor so that they can be superior. But favor has always been meant to be used to serve with. That if God gave me favor, it is not for me to go around and print out a bunch of business cards with my name on it and flip it out every time someone shakes my hand and give them a paper cut. It's not for me to name drop and tell them who I'm related to in the kingdom and who so-and-so is and all this or be a diesel sniffer. It's not for me to go around and do all of that. My favor that God gave me was meant to serve. Don't tell me that God called you to the platform if you can't even clean the toilet in the bathroom. Favor is always attached to service. If God called me to favor, then he would call me to serve with that favor. That's why I look at Joseph a little closer. He started out bragging to everybody about his coat. Look at the coat that my daddy gave me. He posted about it on Instagram. He had a story about it. He he was telling everybody about his coat of many colors. I've got a coat of many colors. I got a coat of many colors. Do you want to see it? I just happen to have it with me. I never take it off, and here it is. I want you to see this coat of colors that I have. I am so favored. I am so special. I am so loved. He bragged about his gift. He bragged about it to the wrong people. He was always walking around strutting his stuff, showing off his outward appearance. I know I'm preaching. What good is it for you to brag about your favor, or what good is it for you to brag about your gift? Insecure people feel the need to brag about themselves over and over and over to show both their gifts to name drop. What good is it if all you do is brag about your coat of colors so that everybody sees you? Can I tell you this? The pragmatism of favor means that your coat will convert into conduct. God wants your favor to serve 
serve somebody. And so I'm telling you, God says, I've got to convert your coat into conduct. He said, you're so highly favored. You saw the vision of your brothers bowing down before you to worship you because you had so much favor on your life, Joseph. You were so highly favored that I'm going to now make you a slave. And when I get done, when I get done making you a slave, I'm going to sell you to Potiphar so that you can turn that favor from a coat into conduct. And all of a sudden, he is running Potiphar's house with his favor. He's serving. He's using the practical gift from his favor to serve. He is controlling Potiphar's affairs with his favor. And here's the benefit. If you've got to see the benefit for service. He got to stay in a house without a mortgage. Come on, somebody. He got to live in an, envi in an environment that he didn't own, but he got to live there. He got to interact with people he never would have met had he not been in someone else's favor. Because he turned his favor into service. His gift brought him before great men. <laughs> but if all you use your gift for is to intimidate people beneath you, you have never discovered the pragmatism of favor and it's weird, my God. The lower he went, the higher he went. The more he made his favor pragmatic, the more he got introduced to better people. And I want you to write this down. When you think too highly of yourself to serve, you cancel your opportunity to grow. God wants you to serve where he plants you because you have not made your favor pragmatic, practical, simplistic, functional, then God says you'll lose your opportunity to grow. I come by to ask you, what are you doing with what you got. What do you do with it? That is always God's question. He's not asking you, do you have it? He's asking you, what are you doing with what you've got? That's the question. What are you doing with what you have? How are
are you making the favor he put on you pragmatic, practical, and effective in the kingdom? Now, in order for us to be effective, this is why you can't be in isolation. Because isolation, you cannot measure results effectively. And you have no results when you are doing life all alone. Results affect something moving, something that is being done, an action word. You gotta have an it in order to have an effect. You've got to be out there serving. Why are you asking God for more favor when you don't even like people? You gotta have an it to have an effect. Joseph's favor would lay dormant unless it was planted in the soil of someone else's need. The only time Joseph's favor activated, hear me, was when it was planted in the soil of someone else's need. Friend, you're an answer that needs a problem. (laughs) I'm preaching to the people that thought they'd never have to endure a day of conflict. I'm preaching to people thought they'd hide up in a cave and wait for the rapture. (laughs) Never have to deal with nobody. Welcome to the ministry. I laugh when people who start out in ministry come to me about a month later and they're all defeated because so-and-so who was their bestie talks about them now behind their back because they think they're trying to be something. Oh, you're trying to get in close with the pastor, ain't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just have to laugh because I know that they got to go through that process in order for God to elevate them and lift them up. In order for God to bring them into a place of maturity, they've got to be brought low in order to be lifted high. There are going to be some seasons in your life where people are going to turn on you and things are going to be said about you and you won't even have the, the language. You will run out of words to even defend yourself. But you just have to stand and say, God, I know that you are processing me through this to put me in a place of favor. Maybe I might have done something that got me here, but maybe it was just because you were trying to lead me and get me to a place where I could understand how to get more favor in my life because you are an answer to someone's problem. You are an answer to someone's need. That's why I'm telling you, you've got to have the favor of God in a practical way in your life. It is not for you can just a showboat and get a website and get on YouTube and give everybody a prophetic word. Let me tell you, this is what God wants to do. He is going to put you in a situation where a problem will exist, where a need will arise. And you might end up after that saying, they're just using me. I'm just tired of being used. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to use you. Are you understanding? His favor only activated when he was planted in the soil of somebody else's need. You are only valuable where you're needed. I'll close on this third point and that is the pain of favor. In Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 2, after a long process of his brothers coming down to Egypt to get 
food to take home to daddy. After exchanges, hostages, schemes and plans, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he really was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's favor only activated when it regarded someone else. That was his whole ministry. He was the need meter for everybody. He was a favor magnet. They needed his favor. They needed the favor of another to open a door for them. But he's the one that had to go through the pain. In every element of his life, Damien, in every part of his story, he always came out the hero. You throw him in the pit, he gets out. You put him in Potiphar's house, he now runs Potiphar's house. You put him in prison, he's running the prison. You put him in the palace, he's running the palace. Every time, Mother Jones, you turn around, Joseph is getting up out of a pit, getting up out of Potiphar's house, getting up out of a prison, getting up in the palace. And if he's always getting up, and if he's always the hero, then why is he crying? And the Bible says Joseph is more effective at alleviating other people's pain than his own pain. Because the text that we read shows us a man of faith and a man of favor putting everybody out. He screamed so loud that they could hear him all the way down the hallway yelling in his pain and in all of his trouble because favor will always cost you something. Favor will always have an attachment of pain. And I want to talk to you this morning about the pain of favor because people will use you when you have favor on your life. People will take you for granted when you have favor on your life. And in some cases, you will open up their dream and they'll get out and forget that you had favored them uh, and you're down in trouble saying uh, wait uh, 
You were supposed to put in a word for me. You were supposed to help me. And the worst pain is that he ran Potiphar's house and he went to jail so he could save Potiphar's marriage. That's why your pastor can't tell you everything that goes on when they have to fire a staff member to save you. He served in the prison as an inmate and all the while he ached for his own family. He could run everybody's house but he couldn't get his own back. He helped everybody else's situation, but he often wondered, is my father dead? Will I ever see my brothers again? Maybe it's just meant for me to serve everybody else. Maybe I'll never have anything for me. Maybe my joy is theirs. And when his brothers walked into the room, into the door, he started screaming. And he started weeping. Because it was as God was saying, I got you. I'm going to restore to you everything that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust ate up in your life. I'm going to restore everything in your life, everything that you thought would never get back. And you decided, I'm just going to make the best of a bad situation. I'm going to restore you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Joseph. I'll give you the land of Goshen, and you will bring your people. Your ladder will be greater than your former. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I will use you to bless everybody else. I have not forgotten you. Oh, I feel this for somebody. God said, I have not forgotten you. Stand to your feet in this house. <laughs> oh God I have not forgotten you says the Lord I have not forgotten your your work I have not forgotten your labor <laughs> I have not forgot your soft answer that turn away wrath I have not forgotten the night you cried I have not forgotten the pain you've endured that you could tell no one about. I have not forgotten you. And his brothers walked in the room and he could not contain himself. He cried so loud they could hear him all over the palace. God is going to restore me.
I hear the Lord saying that you are coming into a season. Woo! <laughs> oh, I hear the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody. You're coming into a season that everything that you whispered secretly to me, I'm sending it in your direction, says the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. 